Welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and I have a question for you. When is the last time you saw God directly answer one of your prayers? When when is the last time your faith in God experienced a miraculous move of God? When I was a kid growing up, there was a, a commercial on television for Wolf Brand Chili. And they asked the question, when is the last time you had a big steaming bowl of Wolf Brand Chili? Well, that's too long. I think for many of us, when it comes to uh, answered prayer, when it comes to seeing our faith uh, cause God to respond in such a way that can only be explained by the hand of God, for many of us, it's been far too long since we have seen that. And we kind of get conditioned that we pray, but we're not really expecting God to answer our prayers. And, and we believe, but for many of us, it's just like, yeah, but I, I haven't seen God do, so I'm not really believing God to do in this situation. Well, I wanted to read to you from Matthew chapter 17, this account that is included in Matthew, it's included in Mark, it's included in Luke, and it is the uh, the miracle that happened right after the transfiguration. You know, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him to a high mountain, doesn't say which mountain, but it was there in the region known as the Galilee, and Peter, James, and John are with Jesus, and Jesus is revealing his glory to them. He's pulling back the veil of his humanity and letting them see his deity. And uh, then the other nine guys are left by themselves, and when Jesus comes down off the mountain with Peter, James, and John, it says this, in Matthew seventeen fourteen, and when they came to the multitude, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and is very ill, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. He's a demon possessed boy. And the other nine guys Andrew and Thomas and Bartholomew and Philip, those guys, they couldn't cast out the demon. And Jesus answered and said, O unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall say to the mountain, Move from here to there, and it shall move, and nothing shall be impossible to you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. We see in this passage We see faith and we see prayer. Those are linked together. And we know from Scripture that faith is always linked to the Word of God. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That tells us that there is no such thing as faith apart from the Word of God. You've heard people talk about this thing called name it and claim it. 
that was really popular some years ago, and people still have this idea that you, what do you want, what do you desire from God? Just name it and claim it. Let me tell you why that is ludicrous. You can't name and claim what you want from God. Uh, God has to name it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Real faith is you claiming the Word of God, claiming what God has said. And when you claim what God has said, then you can stand on that. It's not just you dreaming it up, cooking it up, and, and, and saying, well, God, you're, you're like a, my genie and prayer is like rubbing the lamp and you come out and you say to me, yes, Master, and I order you around. That's not that's not biblical faith, and that's not prayer. Uh, that's presumption, and uh, God doesn't deal with us in that fashion at all. He's the master. We're the servant. Prayer is calling upon the Lord, claiming what he has said, and asking him to do in accordance with his word. First John chapter 5, and this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. Now, I am the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. I became the pastor in February of, well, actually January, I got voted in in January of 2003, and uh, I began my pastorate uh, the first part of February 2003. Now, you know how it is with new pastors. Everybody's excited. Hey, we got a new pastor, and I think the church was without a pastor for a year or so, and so they're all excited. You know, First Baptist Church, Texarkana, we're the, the largest church in the community, we have a pastor after a year of not having a pastor. Well, First Baptist Church desperately needed change, and the pastor search committee recognized that, and uh, the man that was leading the search committee, such a godly man, Dr. Nathan Wright, um, he, I, I still remember this. I get teary when I think about it because it was such a move of God, but the church uh, desperately needed they needed a fresh touch from God, and Nathan knew that, and the committee knew that. You know, a search committee is always uh, way far ahead of the rest of the church because they have been, hopefully, uh, they have been praying and seeking the Lord. And I remember uh, asking them, because I had never pastored before. I was the the uh, associate to the senior pastor at, at Champion Forest Baptist Church. My title was Pastor of Membership and Missions, and I preached on Wednesday night, and I would preach on Sundays when the pastor was out. And uh, I was, you know, working closely with him, and he was demonstrative. He was so good to me to uh, train me and teach me. And so, um, but I had never been the main guy. Well, a church like First Baptist Texarkana, they always had Dr. So-and-so as their pastor. Uh, it tended to be a little bit Dr. Stuffy shirt uh, be, because it was just kind of, uh, it was described to me as our church is perceived in the community as a country club for rich people. I said, oh, that's not good because that's not what a church is. A church is to be a hospital for hurting people. It's a hospital where people can come, all people, anybody can come and get well. 
with the truth of God's word. And so it's definitely not a country club for the elite. And so the church desperately needed to change. And I remember talking to Nathan Wright, and I was asking him, I said, well, uh, what's your profile? I asked the committee that. What's your profile on who you're looking for? And I love the answer. The answer was, we've taken all our profiles and we've thrown them in the trash. And Nathan said to me, very, very much a man of prayer and a man that listened to God, he said, the Lord really spoke to my heart and just I sensed his voice saying to me, I'm going to give you another chance to get my man here. And uh, you, th- you get rid of all what you think this person ought to be. You trust me. And so soon after that, my pastor, Damon Shook, had sent my resume to different churches. He knew it was time for me to, to leave. I'd been at Champion Force for five and a half years, and it was time for me to go and, uh, and you know, be, my, be the, the guy at another church. And so uh, I didn't know anything about Texarkana, but he did. He was from uh, Little Rock, so he knew about Texarkana. Anyway, they get my resume, and they talk to me. And, you know, it, normally they would just say, well, you don't have the experience for this. But they didn't. And, uh, and I'm very, very conservative theologically, and the church was not that conservative theologically. So it was just a, it was an odd pairing uh, when you look at it in, in just the natural uh, realm of things. But it was a supernatural work of God. So I come in February of 2003. In June, four months later, I, I make some changes because I see, hey, this is this needs to be changed. This is not working. This is this is broken. Uh, we need to fix this. We need to fix that. And uh, so, by June of 2003, there's a petition out that people are signing uh, that is kind of like, hey, we we don't like this guy. Uh, you know, let's get rid of him. Uh, that was kind of the way I interpreted that petition. I mean, who who sends out a petition? Uh, you know, it's it's not a, a vote of confidence by any means. And so uh, we began to pray, and and it was kind of good because I, I didn't know the people because I hadn't been here long enough to know them. So hey, if things are difficult, they're just difficult. And so if this person doesn't like me, okay, I don't even know who you are. You can I look at a name on a page, and I can't place it with with names it was just too many people that i was meeting at once you know you can you can learn people's names if you meet uh, five or six but if you meet 50 or 60 you can't remember anybody because it's just too many and so uh it was in june debbie and i had been praying and some others had been praying and seeking the lord and we we knew that god wanted to do a great work at first baptist texarkana and i preached a sermon Uh, in June, toward the end of June, 2003, I called the sermon, When God Moves Your Cheese. It was from the business book that was very popular, Who Moved My Cheese? And it was all about, it was a sermon all about change, that we have to be willing to change and to be the church God wants us to be. It has to be not my will, but yours be done. And I closed out the message and I said, listen, I said, God didn't send me here so that we would wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. And, and God didn't send me here so that we would go back to Egypt. I said, we are going forward to be the church God wants us to be. And, and when I said that, the church just responded by standing up and clapping. And it was so powerful 
And there was such a, there was a contingent of people that were very unhappy with me and they didn't like the way things were going with the music and things like that. And, and so they wanted to exert their power and their authority. Hey, this is our church and you're just an interloper and we're going to get rid of you, that kind of thing. And, um, when everybody just spontaneously responded with a standing ovation and they were saying, yes, that's what we want to be. We want to be the church God wants us to be. That bad element, that that uh, satanic uh, spirit was just broken in the church. didn't mean that everybody was happy with me, but it, it meant that the Lord had responded to our prayers, responded to our faith. And I still remember Nathan Wright, the the chairman of the pastor search committee, he told me after that Sunday, he said, you became the pastor today. See, because just be, just because you get voted in as pastor doesn't mean you're the pastor. You have to earn that. And uh, he said, you became the pastor in the minds of the people today because you're leading us forward. Well, that was a powerful move of God. That's something that God wanted to do. That's an answer to prayer. Didn't mean that all the battles were were finished. There still there have been many, many battles since that time in June of 2003. But God showed himself as the God who is able, the God who is faithful, the God who answers prayer. So we're talking today about faith and the power of prayer. When is the last time you saw God directly answer your prayers? When is the last time you saw God respond to your faith and move in a way that can only be explained by the power of God? You know, that is to be the life of a Christian that we constantly bring our needs before the Lord, that we cast our burden on the Lord, that we trust Him with every situation, with every instance, that we walk by faith and not by sight, and that we see God do amazing things in our lives because the Holy Spirit of God lives in our hearts. He is the God without limits. He's the God who's able to do anything. Behold, I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? In your life, God wants to move. God wants to work. This kind, Jesus said concerning that demon-possessed boy, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, we're talking about faith and the power of prayer. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. God wants to work in and through you. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 
833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Poll puts Trump down 14 points to Biden in general election showdown. Guess who did the survey? It's CNN. We're supposed to believe this. And we look at the end of it and it says that the CNN poll was conducted between June 2nd to the 5th with 1,259 people nationwide questioned by live telephone. Really? Okay. I do not trust these polls. Just don't trust them. Sandy Rios in the morning. Weekdays at 7 Central on American Family Radio. Are you in need of hope, encouragement, and the love of God? I'm Pastor Salem. I'd like to invite you to join us for the Christian Worship Hour. For decades, I've been teaching the Word of God so that people everywhere can experience the love and power of a personal relationship with our Lord. Tune into this station this weekend and prepare to be blessed and encouraged by another life-changing message. Learn more about our program at ChristianWorshipHour.com. In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where's the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible. And we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free, and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the Host an Event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking about faith and the power of Prayer. I shared in the last segment about how God answered our prayers as it related to First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. And uh, it was there was a showdown on Mount Carmel, so to speak, uh, between uh, what the enemy wanted to do, keep the church locked down and controlled, and that it would remain a country club, and what God wanted to do, change the church so it would be a place, soft clay in the hands of the master, so it would be a hospital for hurting people, and the truth would go out. Uh, from the church that would go out into the community, into the region, uh, in the nation, and around the world. And God did that. In 2005, another miraculous work of the Lord, in 2005, we began from His Heart Ministries. Actually, it was the ministry was founded at the end of 2004, but 2005 was our first broadcast, and we went national on a really small station. It was in a handful of, of states around the nation. It was called Family Net, and uh, when I I sensed the, um, the the work of the Holy Spirit telling me, hey, take the TV ministry. First Baptist Texarkana had a TV ministry, and the TV ministry was out of Shreveport, Shreveport. And so it was just a local ministry there in the Shreveport area in Texarkana, and, and it uh, it hit a good number of people, but it was just mainly local there. And he said, since the Lord's saying, let's take that national. 
And so we started from his heart ministries and we began on family net. I had two guys that unsolicited helped me start the ministry and I had $35,000 total. I was totally green. I didn't know how much broadcast ministry cost. And I went to my first national religious broadcasters convention in 2005 and, uh, I had enough money for one year of broadcasting on FamilyNet and enough money for a website. And I thought, man, I'm doing pretty well. And I remember sitting down with this guy, my friend Carl Townsend, who was very well in the know with broadcast ministries and had worked with Charles Stanley and Adrian Rogers and uh, a lot of those guys. And I said, well, Carl, uh, how much money does it take to, to get this going? He said, well, you need about $500,000 in the war chest to get off the ground. I said, how much? He said, $500,000. I said, good night. Well, there's no way that I can come up with $500,000. I mean, I have $35,000 and um, this isn't going to work. I was so discouraged. I remember just thinking... And we had just started, you know, this was like in the first two months. I was thinking, well, this won't work. I can't do this. And From Us Art Ministries is is separate from the church. And so it wasn't like the church was funding this. And so I remember just thinking, well, I need to pull the plug now because I, I don't know anybody that can fund me like that or persons that can do that. And so I was uh, very discouraged and ready to throw in the towel, and I got so convicted. I remember reading something about uh, what can God do in a life, and what can God do in a situation, and are you looking at your situation and failing to factor in God? And the Lord really convicted my heart and said, well, Jeff, who led you to start this? Uh, was this just you? something you cooked up? Because if it's something you cooked up, then I'm not going to bless it. But if it's something that I put in your heart, then I will bless it. And you don't have the ability to raise that kind of money. But I own a cattle on, the th- on a thousand hills. No, that's nothing uh, for me. You know, behold, I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? Jeremiah 32, verse 27. The answer is no, nothing is too difficult for God. And so I had thrown in the towel. On one day, I picked it up the next day and said, God, you're right. You can do all things. Forgive me for my faithlessness, and I'm going to trust you. I don't see how this is going to work, but I don't need to see how it's going to work. I just need to trust you and keep moving forward. And I tell you, I got a check in the mail within about two weeks unsolicited for $100,000. I was blown away. And then about a month later, I got another check for $100,000. And then First Baptist Texarkana, the missions committee, invested in the ministry $100,000. And early on, the first six months, we had $300,000 given. And it wasn't quite five hundred, but it was the Lord's way of saying, see, I can do this. You just trust me and you follow me and walk by faith and not by sight. Now, why do I tell those stories? It's to encourage your faith. Because when God puts something in your heart, he puts a dream in your heart. He He impresses something on you. This is what I want you to do uh, for me. Something specific then you need to not give up on that. 
You know, Joseph had a dream when he was 17. He didn't give up on the dream, although when he's a slave in Potiphar's house, the dream seems like uh, there's no way this is ever going to happen. When he gets lied about by Potiphar's wife and ends up in prison, it's definitely it's like the double death of his dream, but he didn't give up on it. Because God gave him this dream that his brothers were going to bow before him. And you know what? That did happen. You read in the book of Genesis the story of Joseph. His brothers do come and bow down to him, just like God showed Joseph when he was 17. God's word always comes to pass. But now we can short short circuit that if we don't trust him, if we don't walk by faith and not by sight. So the scripture says this, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. This is Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The conviction of things not seen. You don't see it. The Bible says if you see it, then you don't need faith. But it's the conviction, it's the evidence, it's the proof of things not seen. Now, what's the proof of things not seen? It's what God says. It's the word of God. And then it says uh, in Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Now, remember this when it comes to faith. Very, very important. There are two parts of faith and two parts to see a miracle. John chapter 11, this is laid out so beautifully. So Jesus is at the tomb of Lazarus. He says to Martha, roll away the stone. Well, Lazarus has been dead for four days. Jesus missed the funeral. Lord, if you had been here, they said to Jesus, my brother would not have died. We sent for you, but you didn't come. And you read John 11, you find that Jesus purposely waited. He wanted Lazarus to be dead. He wanted him to be in the tomb for four days. The Jews had a had an idea that in three days, the spirit would hover around the body for three days, but after three days, the spirit was gone, and then that person was, uh, was really dead. You know, and Princess Bride, he's not mostly dead, he's really dead. And uh, so the, he waited purposely for that. So he comes on the fourth day, and Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but you didn't make it, and now you're at the tomb of Lazarus. Why do you tell me to roll away the stone? I know you got maybe some some guilt because you didn't show up. Uh, you know, all this may have been going through Martha's mind. And Jesus says to her, did I not say to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Roll away the stone. Now, very, very important. There are two parts to seeing a miracle. There is your part and there's God's part. The Lord had given them a word. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Doesn't seem to make sense because Lazarus died. He says it's not unto death, but Lazarus died. Then he says to Martha, did I not say to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God roll away the stone. Now, Jesus was not going to roll away the stone. God will not do what you can do, and you cannot do what he can do. 
Listen to that again. So important. When it comes to faith and when it comes to seeing God do great and mighty things, God will not do what you can do and you cannot do what he can do. You can roll away the stone, but you can't say Lazarus come forth. Only he can do that. And until you roll away the stone, until you take a step of faith, he's not going to say Lazarus come forth. How was Peter able to walk on water? He had to get out of the boat. Hey, if you're going to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. You can't walk on water staying in the boat. You have to take a step of faith. And Peter took a step of faith on the word of God. Lord, if it is really you, bid me come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter took a step of faith on the word of God. Can Peter walk on water? No. But when Jesus said, come, then he was able to walk on water because he responded to the word of God. Faith and the power of God and the power of prayer. I would love to take your calls as we talk about this subject, such an important subject, 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. When is the last time you saw God do something miraculous as a direct answer to your prayer? God is a a God who answers prayer. And God is the God who wants to do great and mighty things. Call to me, he says in the book of Jeremiah. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You know, it's interesting about prayer because especially when we pray for healing, you know, healing is one of those things that we just don't, it's hard to put your finger on that. God, does God heal? Yes. He gave us a name to call on Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And so we call upon his name, Jehovah Rapha, bring healing. But God doesn't always do what we want him to do. Acts chapter 12, James is imprisoned. The church prays. No doubt the church prays for him, but he's, he's executed under Herod. But Peter is in prison. The church prays, and God delivers. And uh, what gives, Lord? Why didn't you not deliver James, but you delivered uh, Peter? We don't know. Strange are the ways of God. His ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. But we continue to pray, and we continue to trust him. Well, we have... Uh, a caller from Virginia, and I can't see the name. Uh, caller from Virginia, tell us your name. My name is Cheryl. Cheryl. Well, you're on the program. Yeah. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for taking my call. I just love your inspiration, um, Pastor Jeff. You are such a major force in my life, and God bless you for your your deep-rooted truth of the Word of God. I must tell you a quick miracle. I know many people want to call. I lived in Honolulu, Hawaii for 10 years. I worked for the mayor, who was a Christian. And as I was going around to different places to uh, work for him, I guess I had lost some weight and a beautiful ring, uh, 18-karat ring, that my figure skating coach, who was in the world championships, had given me because I was her favorite student. It was a magnificent ring that 
um, anchored my life in uh, figure skating for the United States. And it slipped off my fingers somehow. I went everywhere in that city of Honolulu looking for that ring, praying to God, and nothing happened. I got up one morning, jumped in the shower, and I said, Lord Jesus, I don't care if you have to make me a new ring. I believe that (laughs) ring is coming back. I went downstairs into the foyer of my house, and I heard these words. Do you believe I'm able to do this? That's what the Holy Spirit said. And I stopped, and I thought about it, and I said, yes, Lord. I opened the foyer door. I got in my little yellow Volkswagen, and as the door opened, the ring fell out in the carport. I put it on my finger. I went into the driveway, got on my knees, and praised the Lord. There's no way that ring could have been found through a huge city. I will never forget it as long as I live. It had nothing to do with anybody helping me. It was the awesome power of God. I don't know if he made me a new ring, but it <laughs> came back to me. <laughs> so Praise I the Lord. I share that because it was the most awesome thing. That ring meant so much to me, and I still have it to this day. So I'll let you go, but Amen. many, many miracles for me. Amen. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that story, Cheryl. And uh, God is a God who answers prayer, and God is the God who can do uh, the miraculous. And and as we trust him, um, we see him do great things. And so I appreciate you so much sharing that. Um, We just have a a quick minute, Ann, from Mississippi. Ann, go ahead. You're on Real Truth for today. Okay. Um I just wanted to share, Jeff, that recently, um, within the last three to four weeks, God delivered me from a terrible bout of depression. Praise um, the Lord. I've, go ahead. Well, I said that's a that's a great praise. I'm glad to hear that. Yes, and I've dealt with depression off and on through the years, but this was the worst one, and it lasted six and a half months, and... I don't think I would have done it, but I came to the point of thinking about the S word. Mm. And people were praying for me, and I I get teared up thinking about it, but praise God is all I can say. I mean, I'm a different person. Amen. And the only thing that kept me from the S word was thinking about my children and my grandchildren and thinking generational curses. I don't know if that if that's true. Maybe you can elaborate. Right. But, well, we got to take a quick break in. I can talk about that when we get back, but praise God that you are better and uh, may God continue to bring healing. You're listening to Real Truth for today. We're going to take a quick break. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God, and our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. When you hear this, 
This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. We're in the financial business. We manage a couple of trusts and some estates and, of course, our own monies, too. Courtney Trotter talks about the charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation. I understand annuities about as much as anyone, I guess, can. So I just felt the charitable gift annuity was a win-win situation for many people that still are generating income and still have assets. Because you never know when you may have to draw down on something like that. And if you don't ever have to, then it's even a better gift to get to a really good foundation like AFA. A very solid investment, a good way to help do the Lord's work, and it's there to help us as well. Find out if the charitable gift annuity can work for you by calling the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking about faith and the power of prayer and seeing God do amazing, miraculous things as we trust as we trust Him. And uh, I'm living proof that God answers prayer when I came to First Baptist Texarkana. Uh, very soon after I got here, after four months, they were wanting the group wanted to run me off and and the Lord preserved and the Lord uh, defended and the Lord has changed our church and we have gone from being perceived as a country club for rich folks to a, a hospital for hurting people for all people and any and all are welcome and we'll share the truth and we'll help you get well Jesus said to the man at the pool do you want to get well and we uh, focus in on healing that comes from the truth. You shall know the truth, Jesus said, and the truth shall make you free. I'm also the host and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is a national and international radio, television, and online ministry. It's heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. And we started out uh, just on a shoestring on one station, Family Net, in 2005, and today, From His Heart airs uh, around the world in 140. 
49 countries and uh, through radio and television and the internet. And God has used the ministry to touch many, many lives, bring people to faith in Christ. I had one guy, this was so cool, uh, a guy came for his 29th birthday, came from Germany because for his 29th birthday, he wanted to worship at First Baptist Texarkana because that was the church and from his heart was the broadcast that God used to bring him to faith in Christ. He started to listen because he wanted to improve on his English and he listened, he came to Christ and he and his mother came on his birthday, 29th birthday to worship with us. Uh, what a praise, we give all the glory to God. Well, we're taking your calls as we're talking about faith and the power of prayer. The number is 1-888-589-8840. We were talking to Ann as we uh, ended uh, the last segment and the the idea of a generational curse. I, I don't believe in a generational curse, but here's what I do believe. When the Lord revealed himself to Moses in Exodus 34, he said, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. Here's what I believe about that, the iniquity. And the word iniquity is the twistedness. And I think that we do inherit from our parents uh, the twistedness of sin. And, and so there are things in our parents, uh, weaknesses and twistedness and perversions in them that we are also going to deal with. So Abraham, for example, we know he had trouble with lying. He says to Sarah, say, hey, say you're my sister. Don't tell him you're my wife. Isaac has the same problem, trouble with lying. And then Jacob, his son, has a real problem with lying as he deceives his father and steals the blessing uh, that should have gone to Esau. So we kind of see that twistedness and that difficulty from Abraham, Isaac, into Jacob, and then uh, then Jacob gets deceived by his sons when this situation with Joseph arises and they sell him into slavery and deceive their father saying, this is your son. I think he was killed by a wild animal. Here's his coat of many colors that they, they covered in goat's blood. So I think that we do deal with things that come from our parents. And so, and that situation with depression, I think it, it, it's real. And uh, I think that you can inherit that from, from your parents and issues like that from your, your ancestors, your parents, your grandparents, your great grandparents. And, and it can, all that stuff can be dealt with and broken in the power of Jesus Christ. So thank you so much for calling. We have Charlotte from Texas on the line. Charlotte, welcome to Real Truth uh, for today. Thank you. I um, The Lord multiplies the loaves and fishes in my life. This past week, I was in my favorite restaurant, and a couple of policemen were sitting at the table next to me. So I told the waitress that I would pay for their meal. Well, while I was waiting for my meal, three more cops came in, and I said, Lord, I don't think I can pay for all these five policemen. And he said, yes, you can. So I had contemplating telling the waitress, never mind. But I didn't. I didn't because the Lord has been very faithful to multiply 
my fishes, so to speak. And when I got the bill, I paid it. And when I got home, I had a check in the mail. So for five cups, the meal cost me $12. Wow. Yeah. Praise the Lord. The Lord is so good to me, I tell you. Hey. He takes care of me. I'm a widow. Um, and so I can't praise God enough for how he takes care of me. Amen. Thank you for sharing that, Charlotte, and thank you for your faithfulness. And we, we can never, I tell people this all the time, you can never go wrong obeying God. His ways are right concerning everything. So thank you for sharing that testimony. We have uh, Net on the line from North Carolina. Net, welcome to the program today. Oh, thank you. I just wanted to tell about an answered prayer. Sure. <clears throat> I have a wonderful friend that I grew up with, and her life has been really hard. Her middle son got a brain virus when he was 12, and all the other kids in the hospital who got that were dying, but he lived. But he lived, and he has terrible seizures all day long. And... uh she was having health problems herself, and I was just just so distraught. You know, she's caring for him. She's sick herself. And I began to get up in the morning and just fall on my face and pray for her. And I, call, I called her a couple of months later, and I said, how are you? And she says, oh, I'm better. Mm. And she said, I was just started feeling better. And I was walking through my den, and I was thinking about that. Why am I feeling better? And she said, the Lord told her, Nettie is praying for you. Mm. I cried the rest of the day, <laughs> knowing that God hears my prayers. Amen. What an encouragement. Thank you, Nettie, for sharing that. Our prayers make a difference because God answers prayer. And how cool that the Lord spoke that to your friend. Hey, your your friend Nettie is praying for you, and, and it's making a difference. Yeah. That yeah, is great. Such an encouragement. I know he hears me now. <laughs> he, he for sure does. Well, thank you for calling in. Thank you for listening to the program, and thank you for sharing that, Nettie. God bless you, and keep, keep on praying. Pray for me, too. I need it. So we, uh, we welcome uh, Terrence from San Diego to the program. Terrence, go ahead. You're on Real Truth for today. Pastor Jeff, I found you on the radio and the Internet about a year and a half ago, and the Lord has used you so much. You have been such a blessing. But today, I am a business owner with one employee, a sister of mine, and our financial situation in our business, I've been a business owner for about 30 years now, and it is the worst it's ever been. And I wake up in the mornings just full of stress. I listen to the news. I listen to the economy that the government is in charge of, and I just get very discouraged and when I woke up this morning I turned AFR on and I heard you speak and I just kept listening and listening and you have given me so much hope you have given me so much hope I, it, I'm not talking about a miracle that and a past miracle but one that I believe is going to happen I don't believe the Lord put me in this business to influence people I try to use my faith in my photography business to talk with people and kids and this has given me so much hope when you've told the story of 
or you said how the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I had a friend who had financial difficulties a while back. He just told me the story that he said, Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. If you want me to succeed, you're going to have to sell some cows. And he said, <laughs> the Lord did. And he said, my wife had financial bills and medical bills, and they were paid. The hospital reduced them, and he said it was a miracle. He said, God sold some cows. <laughs> I kind of laugh, but the more I think about it, that's exactly it. God can provide. And today, I wake up with you, the Lord speaking through you, giving me so much more hope. And I praise God, and I thank you for being able for us to listen to. Well, you're thank very you. kind, Terrence. That, that is such a great word. I'm so glad that this is ministered to you today. Remember this scripture, Romans 15, 13. It's one of my favorites. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God does, he does own a cattle on the, the cattle on a thousand hills. He is able in any and every situation. And, uh, Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And Terrence, just keep being faithful. And I'll be praying for you today that the Lord would provide, even today, in a miraculous way. And so thanks so much for calling, and thank you for your encouragement to me. Well, we have Cindy from Kentucky on the line. Cindy, welcome to Real Truth for today. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to make this as quick as I can, but I don't want to leave anything out because it's truly glorious and it will be a hope for anyone whose families are separated. Uh, When my oldest daughter was 14 years old, I had a dream, and the dream was that I couldn't find her. She kept going away from me, away from me. Everywhere I went, I couldn't find her, and I woke up weeping. I'd never had a dream like that before, and I wept all day, and I called her in to me, and I said, darling, I said, promise me you'll never go where I cannot find you, because the grief I felt was beyond feeling. And I also remembered when I was in college, I had left for a time and didn't tell my mother where I was, and I realized how she felt, so I called and asked her forgiveness, and that was fixed. Years later, my daughter was married. Uh, We liked her husband, but there was a a great misunderstanding in regards to a belief system. We're believers, and we tend to try to follow God as closely as we can, but there was a misunderstanding, and her husband decided at that time that we should be separated. Her should be separated from her whole family. He wasn't in any kind of weird thing. It just, the darkness is always seeking to rob us. And after learning to keep my hands off of it, I trusted God. I remembered the dream I had. It never had an outcome, but I remember what I felt, and he showed that to me, and I remember he shows those who believe in him dreams before to keep them calm. So I prayed. I continued to do everything I was supposed to after the first few months. I did everything I could to just live a normal life and make sure everybody in the family, because she was cut off from everyone, to make sure everybody in the family did not use the enemy's tools when God brought her back, because we always believed that he would. Now, she had not finished school at that time. Nine years later, my husband and I got the COVID vaccine, and within a week, he promptly went into congestive heart failure. No heart problems in his family, none with him before, regular checkups every year, trusting God the whole time. He made it through. He was in his normal 61-year-old man. He made it through. 
Uh, we're getting ready to the point where he has to have a pacemaker. This was on a Friday night. That Monday he was to get a pacemaker. But he's still doing better. You know, we're trusting in the Lord. He also does things on the radio like he's the color commentator for the local football team. They were at a state final championship, and I'm at home alone, and I hear a knock at the door. And I go to the door, and it's dark outside. I don't know why I didn't turn on the light, but I didn't. And I hear, Mama, it's cold out here. Can I come in? My heart dropped because I knew her voice. Mm. Bear with me. I'm going to hang in there. Uh, I opened the door, and I started to let her in, and I realized I've got a dog who doesn't know her who was trying to be protective. So I went on the porch to talk to her. Uh, it was a little rough then because you could feel the hesitancy of talking. But she says, Mama, I'm a cardio care nurse. How specific is God? Um, I hear Daddy's going to have a procedure. I want to talk to him. I said, well, he's not here. And she goes, oh, no. I said, no, he's fine. He's working. He's with the guys he works with. He'll be here later tonight. You can come see him in the morning. She came back in the morning. I left the house so she could talk to her father. And here we are two months later. The spirit has completely changed. We have not discussed any of the issues because they were not of God. Our family is on the mend like you would never know. So don't ever let anybody say that families cannot be healed because he is faithful and he is true. You just got to keep your hands off and talk to him about the issues. Amen. Thank you for sharing that, Cindy. What a praise and what an encouragement to our hearts. Keep praying for your families. God hears and God answers. Well, I'm sorry we have two other callers and we're not going to be, we don't have enough time to get to you, but for Greg in in Kentucky and Virginia and Texas, uh, if you have a question or if I can help you, just uh, email me at pastorjeff at fromhisheart.org, pastorjeff at fromhisheart.org. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, Real Truth for Today, and we've been talking about faith and the power of prayer. God will not do what you can do, and you cannot do what He can do. Walk by faith and not by sight. Trust Him no matter what. And say with Job, in the midst of suffering, if you're going through suffering, though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. It is amazing what you will see God do as you trust Him. Make it a great day. God bless you. I'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.